Arcadia Queen back to the inside there, worlds apart, then Humidor approaching the 200, Russian Camelot shook up by Oliver, Arcadia Queen is going with him, Russian Camelot led by three quarters, Arcadia Queen, Humidor, Galo shot, but Russian Camelot's coming clear, he could be anything, he's class, Russian Camelot won it two lengths, Humidor. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Trainer's Heart Race Day Review, I'm Todd Blum, your host, we're here in the Sports Hort Studios, this show brought to you by ToddBlumBloodstock.com. And today's race is in focus. We're going to have a good look at the Golden Rose. We're going to have a good look at the Underwood Stakes winners. And gee, my gee, gee, boy, oh boy. Two very, very impressive Colts winning this. And for mine, the two hottest stallion prospects in the country at the moment. And two of them both for different reasons. Ole Kirk, he's won the traditional three-year-old race. And he's probably going to be very hard to beat in the guineas. And he's your sort of retire at four sort of type. The big money, the big stud fee, the big fat pedigree in the book. But Russian Camelot, gee, he is a stallion that could potentially shape the breed for years to come and change the Australian industry. And we spoke to John Massara a couple of weeks ago about the arrow field. And they're not scared to stand a stallion that can potentially get a classic horse and offer that bit of an outcross. And Russian Camelot represents every bit of that. So I'm sure if he found his... Home at Stud, he'd be a stand very, very well reported. We might ask Dan Fletcher, who's one of the part owners of Russian Camelot, the first returning guest in the trainer's hut. We spoke to him back on episode two, uh, back in May, after this horse won the South Australian Derby. So we'll touch base with Dan again and see how the horse is progressing through as that dream to the Melbourne Cup now appears more and more likely to come true. But we'll touch on his win in the Underwood and Ole Kirk. Well... As you said, it was very, very impressive. He got home and uh, Rothfire, well, it's a bit disappointing for, well, very disappointing for the connections of Rothfire and for racing too. It must be said that this fairytale horse, we spoke to Bren O'Brien last week about the $10,000 horse that he had to pay twice, Rob Heathcote, because he lost the, the first 10K in an online scam. So, you know, the, the plans for the Everest are off. He's uh, injured the sesamoid, so he will probably spend 12 months out of the game. And, you know, Rob Heathcott, he was uh, on, on, over the weekend, he was obviously devastated by the blow. But, you know, he said hopefully the horse can come back and show that same athleticism. And I think everyone is there alongside Rob Heathcote wishing the same thing for the thriller from Chinchilla. No one likes to see stuff like that when it happens in racing. But for Team Hawks, Aquinella, the Golden Rose, with Ole Kirk winning from North Pacific and King's Legacy, he ran a nice race for third too. He's just a magnificent animal, isn't he? He was he was last throughout and he got home really nicely. Huey Bowman's going to stick with him in the Caulfield Guineas and come down to Melbourne early. We'll have a bit of a chat about some other jockey bookings a little bit later in the show. But by Written Tycoon is a stand we've spoke a lot about on this show with the move to Arrowfield. We had James Price from Woodside Park speak about that as well in previous episodes. But... It was his second Group 1 on the weekend with Pippi winning the Moya the night before in what was a, a very good display of pace from the 1,000-metre dash of the of Pippi, who that was her second Group 1. So he's definitely a stain that he's right in the here and now, written tycoon. And, gee, when you talk about pedigrees in the stud book, they don't get much better than this. He's out of a sister to Black Caviar, Natural. And it's on the back of this horse and Gilguy Farm, Rick Jamison, who bred Ole Kirk. It's on the back of this mating that they've sent Black Caviar to Written Tycoon. And Neil Werrett involved in the ownership of both these horses. He got Mark Player's International Bloodstock to bid on his behalf at the Melbourne Premier Sale last year. 
675000 and by G, it seems cheap now, doesn't it? Because who knows what he could command as a stallion. And uh, Neil Werrett said over the weekend his phone's going to be left on and he's fully expecting Studmasters to be uh, inquiring about their standing rights for the horse. But as he said, there's still plenty of racing still to go, so they're not going to get too far ahead of himself there. But you just go back and watch the race, and Tommy Berry, he's, uh, it was his 30th Group 1, and a lot was made that this was the first Group 1 that he rode, and so he's he's rounded that off nicely for 30, and he won't stop there either. He's going to continue to, to ride many, many Group 1 winners. He's a very, very top jockey, Tommy Berry. But he went for the gap, the door got closed, and you just see he didn't panic, he was patient enough, he knew what he had under him, he knew he was on a good horse, and when the next one opened, he took it with both hands and he came thundering down, motoring home, and the stable mate there, uh, North Pacific, well, he, he, James McDonald probably had every right to think he was going to win it, and then Ole Kirk, just once they headed, and what a finish it was, you know, Team Hawks. Albeit two different owners, but for the stable to, to run one, two in a big race like that, it's uh, it's a great feat from one of the best training partnerships that this country's seen. The way they've done it, and I know partnerships are a big thing of more recent times, but these blokes, you know, they such they get on so well, obviously being the the dad and the two brothers, but they seem to do it really, really well and probably better than anyone up until this point. And in terms of making the Colts and the Stands as well, we know their record when they send horses to stud, but a lot was said that they, were, you know, people were wrapped that the Hawks had bought uh, Ole Kirk as a yearling because it would have been easy to try and get him up. And he did run as a two-year-old. He was placed in the Champagne. He won the Talendur at Stakes and he was placed in the size, but... He didn't, wasn't a pre-Christmas, you know, let's get him up, let's get him happening for the slipper and that sort of stuff. They, they were really patient with him, let the horse do the work and took their time and, and they reaped the rewards and they are probably better than anyone at that. So full credit to Team Hawks and also Neil Werrett, who's involved in the ownership. It runs in his colours and he was, of course, the managing owner of Black Caviar and a couple of the other owners were involved in this horse as well, as well as Rick Jamison, who bred the horse. So it was a great... Great days racing up there in Sydney. Um, and as we said, so Ole Kirk will probably go to the Caulfield Guineas as favourite. King's Legacy will be there as well. Um, expect to see maybe North Pacific. He might be freshened up for a Coolmore or something like that. We'll have to wait and see. Um, in terms of Rothfire, we hope that the 12 months passes quickly and we see him back on a racetrack soon and with that same athleticism he showed. But it certainly shakes up the market for the Everest. It shapes that race up, and uh, there's another slot holder on the lookout for a horse. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But now let's head the focus back to Caulfield. And Russian Camelot is a horse we've spoken a lot about on this show. As we said, Dan Fletcher was on episode two back in May in uh, the early days of the podcast, and we've got him back on the show again. Dan Fletcher joins me in the trainer's hut, the first returning guest on the show, mate. Welcome back to the trainer's hut. Thanks, Todd. Hey, mate. Uh, we spoke last time when you are on the show about the ride and in the SA Derby and how it didn't really go to plan. He was caught wide. I'm tipping it was a bit easier to watch on the weekend. Yeah, oh, it might have been a few anxious moments early, <laughs> mate, but once he found that spot, um, yeah, without being cocky, it was a pretty easy watch. Uh, got a more comfortable run for once and um, probably showed through in the result. And how's he come through the run? Uh, good as goal, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, got a video from Danny yesterday, he's, uh, didn't muck around, he's got him back on the truck on Sunday, back out to Barwon Heads, and I dare say he's probably had his morning at the beach this morning, and um, 
He's got a beautiful setup out there for him, so he's, he's got him back recuperating, ready for another crack at him in another couple of weeks. Certainly is a big asset, that Bowen Heads property, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems to be Todd, doesn't it? You know, the results speak for themselves, and you know, just the way the, um, the horses are sort of thriving, it's not just Russian Camelot, the stable's absolutely on fire, and I'm sure that asset's really key for them in being able to just, you know, gives them so much more flexibility, and in what they can do with them. It's quite funny. Some of the coverage of the race over the weekend and even a little bit this morning on radio, some people sort of saying, you know, he didn't beat March and he didn't he didn't win by as much as he should have. And, you know, this is a horse that we've been talking about for the last 12 months and he just did what he had to do, didn't he? Yeah. No, he did what he had to do. And, um, yeah, no, you got to laugh at that sort of talk, <laughs> mate. I'd, I'd, you love hearing that until anyone's got to go and... Put a saddle on one and try and win the bloody race. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there's some very, very worthy horses there. It's a, it's a Group One race, and um, you know, I, I don't know what they expect to be honest with you. But no, he's he, he was enormous on the weekend. He was enormous. Yeah, first up in the Maccabi Diva over a mile, and um, yeah, he's got to forget about all that sort of crap talk and, and just give the horse his credit. I mean, he's a and he, and he's still just a big baby. So um, yeah, they're pretty hard to please some people. I think. Uh, Johnny Wheeler, the managing owner and the horse, he said this morning on radio that all going well, he'll push on from the Cox Plate to the Melbourne Cup. Now, we spoke about this back in May, you and I, about daring to dream and and getting caught thinking about it. It must be getting uh, pretty real now, Dan. Yeah, no, very much so. It's it's real. Um, so all that's ahead of him. And, um, and luckily, the horse... Can't read newspapers and doesn't have to go on the radio, so all he's got to do is just be himself. And um, <laughs> just gotta, uh, it, Danny will steer the ship. So if it is to be, it will be. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we get there. Uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly doing everything right, and um, it's just the old cliche—one one step at a time, really, one race at a time. I'm certainly not getting ahead of myself, and um, yeah, I don't like to be a jinx or anything like that. But you, you know, if you been around racing at all you know you just got to make the most of uh the good days when you have a good day they, they don't come along very often and you know certainly not getting too far ahead of ourselves well, speaking of getting too far ahead of uh yourselves the team there along with ole kirk he'd be the hottest stallion prospect in the country at the moment and i know the focus remains firmly on the rest of this campaign for the ownership group but has there been any interest from any of any big studs uh, just asking the question yet, or is it still a bit early to tell? Oh, you'd have to talk to John about all those sorts of questions. I know that we all know there's been interest there, and um, you know, different conversations come up, and you, you know, someone will contact you, and 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 you'll sort of say, "Well, do you like the horse?" And the answer is, "What's not to like?" <laughs> As you said, he's, he's probably one of the um, highest profile colts in the country he's a he's a fantastic stallion prospect and he's been incredibly well managed by john wheeler and danny o'brien so far during his career and those guys will be front and center in any conversations and you know they've been really forthright in in conveying that there'll be you know no mucking around there'll be nothing happening until we get his his spring campaign complete and uh, when the time comes to have a chat um they're the guys that'll be doing it first and foremost so um yeah as i say John's been incredible so far, and he's knocked back plenty for him when um, the horse was still a maiden winner, and I'm 
sure when the time comes to talk about his stud career or get that one, he'll, he'll nail that just as well as he's nailed everything else. I think that's the thing that probably excites me the most, and you're probably a bit the same. You know, you've got you're involved in racehorses, but also with Talamon Thoroughbreds up there in Queensland. Just the impact that he could still have on the track. I mean. We're getting a bit excited about stud deals. He could still race for another two or three years, but the impact he could have in the breeding breeding industry, especially for Australia, and he could really provide that option to get a bit of staying bloodlines back in our breeding industry, couldn't he? Oh, yeah, and without overstating it, Todd, he, he's one of the most important young horses, I think, in the game, yeah, for, for all those reasons. Um, yeah, we look at the way that we race and the amount of prize money that's on offer for um, for for middle distance type horses and for stayers, you know, we've become very very speed centric over over you know, a, a long period of time now, and we've we've got a you know terrific asset in in terms of you know the precocity and the speed that we've got in their stock. But you know that's clearly where we're lacking, and we're importing horses from overseas to contest these sorts of races. And you know, a horse like Russian Camelot um, can be really really important for our industry in, in terms of being able to produce that level and that kind of horse down here and sort of be able to sort of turn the tide a little bit you know and, and keep some of that money here in, in our own industry um that's you know going overseas so yeah it, he's he's definitely a really critical horse for us your syndicate the queensland cup colts you're involved with nine other couples uh Obviously going to be big supporters of this horse in that, that quest in the future. But in the meantime, the Northern Hemisphere sales are, are back on. Is there another a little team there to getting together to try and buy another Russian Camelot? Yeah, yeah there would be, Toddy. Um, uh, Jeremy Brummett picked these. He, he, he picked Russian Camelot out in another, uh, and, and another yearling a uh, couple of years ago. So uh, last year they were back and those those guys are under saddle now and just working their way, th- their way through and... Yeah, coming up to their first jump out. So, you know, we've got, we had two of the year, we got Russian Camelot. There's another couple that we're sort of working on. And um, I'm sure the same team that identified Russian Camelot are, are, are doing their work at the moment. And um, they won't lose our phone number if they can find a couple of nice ones. I'm, I'm sure all of our crew will be very receptive to see what they've come up with this time. Oh, Dan, thank you very much for joining me here on the Race Day Review. And the, uh, you're the first returning guest in the trainer's hut. No one can take that away from you, mate. Ah, uh, that's fantastic, Todd. Credit to Russian Camelot. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate, and good luck for the rest of the spring. Thanks, buddy. Dan Fletcher there joining me in the trainer's heart, and it's always good to get on the phone and have a chat with Dan, as I've done a couple of times in the past, including on this show and a couple of other little projects. So it's good to see uh, when good people get serious horses, and it's been well rewarded with Russian Camelot, and it certainly is a very, very exciting time for the ownership group. Not only the ownership group, but... Australian racing fans, you know, we only spoke on the show last week how we're really looking for that next big horse, you know, and Russian Camelot's really stepped up to the plate and could be it for sure. And I mean, on the weekend, he just did what he needed to do. A lot's been made of the fact that he probably didn't stretch out and beat him by more and the sort of quality the field was, but first place is first place. I don't give you extra money in the check for winning by a certain amount of length, so... He's on track for the Cox Plate, the Melbourne Cup, as we heard there, and possibly even the Arc. Just a couple of races that we wanted to touch on. The Guineas Prelude in Melbourne for the Colts and all Colts and Galdians, and then the race for the Phillies as well. So Crosshaven was a pretty impressive winner for the boys' division, and the smart missile Galdian is building a nice little record there, and he could be one to potentially take it to these uh, high-profile Colts that will come down from Sydney. 
and instant celebrity. Well, she was really impressive too, winning the, the Phillies version. And uh, Personal ran a nice race for second as well. And I think Personal stretching out to the 1600 um, by Fastnet Rock. The, the extra distance is just going to suit her down to the ground also. And Damien Oliver has been booked for the ride in the 1,000 guineas. So Personal is just one to keep an eye on. In terms of jockey bookings for the Melbourne Cup, though, you know, we've been on the Melbourne Cup path here for the, the Lexus Melbourne Cup of 2020 in the trainer's hut. It's uh, some no, no, uh, news coming through in the past couple of days about a couple of jockey bookings. So we know Damien Oliver will be sticking with Russian Camelot. It appears Craig Williams will be with Surprise Baby. And a couple of new announcements. Skywood, a horse we've spoken a lot about here in the trainer's heart. We're very bullish about Skywood. He's to be ridden by Glenn Boss. Uh, Michael Walker was announced a little while ago that would be riding Dashing Willoughby, which has left Prince of Aaron without a jockey. And Charlie Fallows has said that he's not going to be rushed into a decision with the news that the Sydney jockeys will be able to come down for the carnival with only a five-day quarantining period, that it will... You know, he's got a few more options, so he's not going to be rushed into a decision there. And Coolmore have made the announcements that Santiago will be ridden by Johnny Allen, which is uh, a big, big uh, coup for Johnny Allen. He's going to go into the Melbourne Cup with a red-hot chance. And Tiger Moth, who is right at the pointy end of the markets, will be ridden by Kieran McAvoy, who's had a lot of success in the race, winning it three times. And he rode Finch last year, so that might open up the ride of Finch if he progresses along through to the Melbourne Cup, which you'd imagine he would. Um, that leaves that ride wide open, so it'll be interesting to see who picks that one up. There's plenty more still to play out, though, in terms of the jockey rides and the Melbourne Cup, and we'll follow it all the way through here in the Trainers Hut. That's it for this week's edition of the Race Day Review. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're uh, listening to this for the first time, jump through the Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe and follow and have a look at the regular show that we do each week and just uh, go through a couple of the episodes there that you might have missed. We'll see you next time here in the Trainers Hut. I'm Todd Blum. See you then.